There are seven things I want to show you today. Uh, Isaiah 40, there's so much in one verse you wouldn't believe it. Um, Isaiah 40 and verse 28 says, if you, have your, if you have it, it says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? You didn't got the news yet. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. I want to talk about this morning seven questions you should answer while waiting on God. Seven questions that you should answer while waiting on God. Amen. Amen. Waiting. Waiting for God. Waiting on God. Questioning when. God, I've been waiting. It seems like my life will never change. My circumstances. I've asked and I've asked and yet your answer is still wait. God has three answers. Yes, no, wait, for, and maybe. <laughs> Amen. But, but I'm living the, to my best abilities. I've tried going back to school. I'm getting more training. I'm getting closer to church. I'm getting closer to you. But yet your answer is still wait. Why do I have to wait? When I feel like I can handle bigger responsibilities. I can, I can do more. I can go further. And, and, the, and the crazy thing about it is we live in a society today. It's an instant society. Used to be uh, a farmer would have to wait for seasons. Now he just waits weeks. And he has a full-grown plant. <laughs> we live in a society where it's chemical, chemically driven. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And I ain't just talking about plants either. Amen. I'm talking about us. You know, we, we have to put a little chemical every now and then because we get tired of waiting. So we have to numb the pain of waiting. Amen. Just like drive throughs and microwaves and quick fixes, we think that it will solve all of our problems. But I want to tell you something. Waiting on God, is an, is, it's a skill. Waiting on God, amen, I believe is something that we all going to have to do at some point in our lives. But if you're trying to rush God, I want you to ask the question, how long was God waiting on you? Before you decided that, you know what, I'm going to go give my life to him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to give it all to him. God waited on you for a very long time. And so now we have the audacity to come to God and say, how long should I be waiting now, now that I'm on this side? Can I tell you something? Waiting on God is God's way of developing you. Waiting on God is a, a God's way of saying, listen, I know what you want and I have it. Matter of fact, I got everything that you need. But what waiting does, it develops our trust in God. Do I have anybody? We find here in our passage 
that this book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40, we got to Isaiah 40 here. But you can't miss what has happened before because what has happened before is important to understand why the writer says what he says when he says, do you not know? You got to back it up a little bit because, see, the majority of the Jewish population now is living or is living in exile. They have been exiled to Babylon. They had been there and they would be there for 70 years. I'm going to cut through the grass and get to it. The, the, the Jewish people had lost hope. They, they had been waiting. Come on, somebody. And they had been waiting and, and they had been waiting for God. And God had promised them that 70 years and it would be over. I don't know if they miscounted. I don't know if they stopped counting. But sometimes when you're waiting on God, watch this. It looks like the weeks are running together. Look like years are going by. Come on, somebody. But God was not finished with them. God then sends a message. Can I help somebody with something? While you're waiting, sit under the word. And the reason I say that is because it's from the word that you will get a word from the Lord. The Lord is still working through his man. He's still working through the church. He's still working through his word. Come on, somebody. And if you hear a word from God, that will take you to the next day. Do I have anybody? Isaiah 40 to Isaiah 66 was, a, was addressed to these people. And, and when you look at chapter 1, actually verse 1 to verse 11 of, of, of chapter 40, we find that God was giving them a vision. He was casting a vision through, uh, through Isaiah to say things are going to get better. Can I help you with something? Don't ignore the vision that God is trying to cast for your life while you're waiting. Come on, somebody. Don't just think the worst case. Isn't it amazing how we think the worst case scenario all the time is over for me and my life is over? No, it's not over. You got to have a little clarity. You need to have a little vision to understand that things will get better. Do I have a few people? God gave them a vision, but, it, but then God gave them a voice. The voice was the prophet crying out saying, man, it's going to be all right. We're going to return home. And guess what? What? Guess what? When we get home, everything is going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, everything is going to be all right. Tell your neighbor, after my waiting, everything is going to be all right. Not only did God give them a voice, a vision, but God cast a vision of victory. God told them from verses 25 to 31, you're going to win in the end. Tell your neighbor, you're going to win. You're going to have the victory after this. You with me? And no matter how hard life may get, we got to understand that, watch this, the grass ain't always green on the, on the other side. Matter of fact, it's earth. You got to hold on right where you are and understand that the victory belongs to Christ and he passes that victory on to you. Do I have anybody? Like the children of Israel, we can get discouraged though. The first half of our lives, how I many you can say I messed up in the first half? Come on, somebody. The first quarter wasn't that good. Come on, somebody. I done did some stuff. I done been some places. Come on. Amen. But yet, God is still good. I'm waiting. But I'm still waiting, Pastor. I'm still waiting. 
And can I tell you something? What waiting will do, it'll cause us to doubt. That you need to sit under the word and be encouraged through the word. Because watch this. Here's what I found out about waiting in the word. When you're waiting and you're in the word, God starts giving you little clues. He starts giving you little pieces to the puzzles. You follow what I'm saying? Like this morning, I was in my prayer closet and, and, and I, I, what I usually do in the morning, I just open it up and wherever it falls, I read. And God gave me a word from Amos. He says, I, I took you from following the flock to leading the flock. So you better lead like I called you to lead. I wish I had somebody. Because sometimes leading can be discouraging. Leading, leading, leading can cause you to start doubting because you're still waiting on God. But God, every day when I open the word, you can't come to the word only when you're down. You got to get in the word when you're up, when you're down, when you're in between. Because God wants to speak a word to you. I got 27 minutes and three seconds, and let me finish this thing up. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. He says, if you look at verse 27 real quick, look what he says. He said, now watch this, but waiting can also cause you to question God. Watch this now. Not only question God, but question his goodness, mm. question his grace, Qu question his ability, question what he has allowed. Look at verse, look at verse 26. He said, why do you say, O Jacob? Isaiah got with him and said, why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is what? Hidden from the Lord. And the justice due me, oh, that sounds like a complaint, doesn't it? That, doesn't that sound like a complaint? Look, at, watch this, watch this. And the justice due me escapes and the notice of my God. In other words, they were saying, God, where are you? I'm doing the best I can but it seems like I keep getting the short. Do I have anybody going through anything? Maybe it's just me. And you're asking these questions and you're saying, God, what's up? Like, why? Where are you? Before we question God, though, we got to answer these questions. So there are seven questions that you should ask while waiting on God. Are you with me? First thing he says, if you look at it, verse 28, interesting, this one verse has seven different things. He says, first of all, do you not know? This is the prophet's response. So, so the first thing I need to ask, first question you need to ask is, write this down. Do you really know God? Write that down. Because he asked the question, do you not know? Now, that word know means to learn. That's the Hebrew word for learn. You see, sometimes we can go through so much stuff and we don't learn anything about who? God. We learn, but we learn the past from your last test. What did so terrible of? Do you really know where and how and why you're going through, watch this, but do, you re, do, but do you really know that it's God who will sustain you? It is God who will strengthen you. It is God who will bring you through it. But when you really know God, you're not going to panic. You're not going to throw in the towel. You're not going to think that it's over. It ain't over until God says it's over. If you back up the verse 21 right quick, watch this. Look what the writer says. Do you not know? Have you not heard? He repeated it again. 
Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you, no have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. And its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heaven like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He, it is he who reduces rulers to nothing and makes judges of the earth meaningless. So here's my question. Do you really know God? Do you not know it's he who stretched out the heaven? Do you not know that it was he that woke you up this morning? Do you not know it was he that started you on your way? Did you know it's not he that gave you a right mind? Come on, somebody. It is God who did that. And oftentimes when we're waiting on God, we start questioning his attributes. So he asked the question, do you not know whenever you're reading scripture and you see a re repetition, know that's the important theme of that, of that chapter. He said, do you really know him? And if you really know God, then you have no problem waiting on God. Because then you understand that God's timing is better than yours. Are you with me? Watch the next part of the verse. He says, have you not heard? And that word heard means to comprehend, to discern. So the next question is this. Do you remember when you heard the gospel? That's the next question. Because in order to know God, you have to have heard the what? The gospel. And I want to ask somebody something today. Do you remember the day you heard the gospel and then you responded to the gospel? Do you remember when you gave your life to Jesus Christ? Can I ask you that? Do you remember that day? Do you remember how excited you were? Do you remember the joy that you had? Do you remember how the weight of the world had fallen off of you? Do you remember that all the stuff that you were going through, it seemed like in that moment, in that time, come on somebody, amen, that all that stuff fell off of you? Or have you been saved so long where you have forgotten? And that's where the children of Israel was. They had forgotten that they had a savior who was, who was keeping them even in their mess. And I want to say to somebody here today, when you hear the gospel for the first time, you learn about the power of God because the Bible says that Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the what? The power of God unto what? Salvation. There's no way that you and I can sit under the gospel, not respond, and stay the same. And when you're going through, you got to remember how the power of God showed up in your life and continues to show up in your life. Watch this. And God is transforming you. Do I have anybody? He says next. He says the everlasting God. That's, that's the Hebrew name for God. El Olam. El Olam. I talked about this. The God of eternity. The God who is everlasting. The God when you combine two words together. El Olam. You come up with the translation. The eternal God. The everlasting God who was, who is before, and who will always be. 
El Olam who's always available to us. He's unchangeable. He's dependable. Come on, somebody. He's eternally available. He sees the big picture. So the next question I have for you is this. Write it down. Do you recognize that God has always been in control? I'm going to ask you one more time. Do you recognize that God has always been in control? There's no God like the God of the Bible. There's no God who can sustain this world, who has existed from eternity past, and what we have to remind ourselves of when we're going through and when we're waiting is that he's eternal. As I said earlier, what that simply means, saints, is that God is standing outside of your life and he's paying attention. He knows every corner. He knows every shadow. He knows what's going to happen to you next. But what God says is because you know that I am the everlasting God. And because you know that I am the everlasting God. And because you've heard the gospel, you can respond to a God who seems distant at times. Do I have anybody? And I want to say to somebody here this morning, you got to trust and believe that God is in control there's never been a time where God was not in control I know sometimes I lose control but I thank God that he is wise enough strong enough powerful enough to stay in control because if he was not in control tell your neighbor I'd lose my mind right about now why because I need somebody stable in my life do I have anybody? He said the everlasting God. He says what? And what's he, what does he say next? The, the Lord. May I need, do I need to break that down? That means ruler. So the next question is, not only do you recognize that God has always been in control, but the next thing you got to recognize is that God, do you recognize him as Lord over your life? See, if God, if Jesus is Lord, over our lives while we're waiting, guess what? We're not going to worry because we understand who is ruling. And watch this. Lordship means you're lining up. Come on, somebody. Lordship means you're lining up under God's will, under God's direction. You're lining up according to God's plan, and you're living out the plan that he has for you. Can I tell you this? If he's Lord over everything, amen, can he be Lord over your life? And I'm asking somebody here today that when you remove yourself from the Lordship of God, when you push yourself to the side and you say, I don't want that no more, can I help you with something? He still loves you. But it just means you're not lining up with the life that he wants Come on and say amen. You're not lining up with the life that he wants for you. Lordship means that he, when you wake up, you do what he tells you to do. You go where he tells you to go. You say what he tells you to say. Lordship means that your life is so much given to him that you are so in tune with what he wants you to do. If you're waiting and waiting under his lordship, 
Watch this. You'll understand why you waited. Lord over my life. Please be Lord over my life. Come on, somebody. You got to recognize him as Lord over your life. The next thing he says, he says, the creator, Barach, of the ends of the earth. The creator of the ends of the earth. Why did the writer break down God's attributes? Because he needed to remind them while you're waiting, you're waiting for something bigger than you. Man, if I was just waiting for someone, that's nothing. People are, people are not dependable. But God is. Are you, watch this. So the next question you got to ask is, do you really believe that God is your creator? The creator of the ends of the earth. See, because for some reason, for some reason, y'all, we think we created us. My car, my house, come on, my, my money, my honey. Well, you got to keep your honey, but I'm just saying. <laughs> here's the thing, here's the thing. Do you really believe that he's your creator? Some people doubt that, you know. They doubt that he's your creator, that, that he's their creator. I'm saying that, that, that God is just good for when I'm going through. But if God's your creator, then you know what that means? That you're made perfect. Oh, I wish I had somebody. But watch this now. Watch this now. But because of sin, because we were born in sin, we were marred. If I'm saying we were messed up. But when Christ came, watch this now. Watch where I'm going now. Right? When Christ came, he remade us over again. And now, as your creator and Lord, when you're waiting, watch this now, watch this now. When you're waiting, you understand that the one that created you has the manual to show you how to get through whatever you're going through. Oftentimes, people, when they're going through, they don't run to the word, they run to what they know. <laughs> You with me? But when you understand, if you believe this, you got to believe this. Listen, listen, listen. When you're waiting, it can feel lonely. But you got to remember whose you are. That you belong to him. That he created you. That everything about you is right. Come on, somebody. That Listen, you may look at yourself in the mirror and say, I don't like the way I look. But can I tell you something? God knew what he was doing when he made you. Come on, buddy. And the problem we have today is that we're trying to match our lives up against somebody else. Social media is a trip, man. Listen, 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 listen. All you see is what they want you to see. Come on, somebody. And then don't, don't, don't go, I'm just real. No, you're not real. You're rude is what you are. But, but what I'm trying to say, y'all, is this. When you, if you believe, if you, if you understand, if you realize that, and, and, and you got to really believe this, that God is my 
creator. God is telling the children of Israel, I am your creator. In your mother's womb, I formed you. Before a word comes out your mouth, I know it. Before you even blink your eyes, I know it. Come on, somebody. If you leave my presence, I'm there. If you make your bed in heaven, I'm there. If you make your bed in hell, I'm there. Wherever you run, he will find you. God has no lost children, y'all. Some of us don't want to be found. Come on, somebody. That's just what the problem is. But guess what? He is your creator. And then he says next, he says, he does not become what? Weary? Next week, I'm going to show you how this relates to you, okay? But you got to answer these questions first. Write this one down. This one's good. Do you really believe God will never give up on you? Do you really believe that? Sometimes we mess up so bad that we think God is done with us. That we think that God is tired of me. Come on, somebody. This word means that God does not become exhausted. God is putting forth the effort and he's using his power and he will continue to use his power to keep you. Come on, y'all. Somebody didn't wake up yesterday. Somebody's struggling right now with sickness. Somebody's struggling right now with a life and death situation. But God says, I will never. Oh, I wish I had a few people up in here. Listen, listen. You can't weary me out. You can't tie me out. Come ask me. Beg me. I don't care. Listen, keep coming. Keep asking. Keep praising me. He will never get tired of you. I thank God that he never gets tired of me. Idols wear out. Cars wear out. Come on, somebody. People wear out. Jobs wear out. But God will never. Oh, I wish I had a few people in here. I said he'll never give up on you. Why? Because he created you. Because he's Lord over your life. Come on, somebody. Because you understand him. Because you know at least a little bit about him. Has he not been faithful to you? Come on, y'all. Come on now. Now, listen. This time you're waiting right now. It seems like forever, but has he not good? Come on, somebody. Do you remember when you were enjoying life? Do you remember when you didn't have a worry in the world? Was he good then? Well, he's good now. Never. As hard as you get. Some of us, we become hard, y'all. I'm talking about with God. But can I help you with something? He still loves you. His love is like no other love. His love is deeper than anything we'll ever experience. And he proved that love when he went to Calvary. Come on, somebody. He proved that love when he sent his son in my place so that I can have access. Thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for not getting tired of me. Thank you, Lord, for when you should have given up on me. Oh, I wish I had a few people here. When man gave up, when family gave up on me, God, oh, I wish I had a few people that understand what I'm talking about. That he'll never, never. 
give up on you. Then he says his understanding. I got eight minutes. His understanding is inscrutable. Here's my next point. You ready? Here's the next question. You ready? Write this one down because this one going to hit home. Do you really believe that God knows what's best for you? Man, get out the driver's seat, will you please? That's not lordship. You running your life. Lordship means you're a servant. You're surrendered. But do you believe? Man, listen. How them plans working out for you? You had all these grandiose plans. Man, God ain't punishing you. It's you punishing you. If, you, if his understanding is inscrutable, it means endless. Okay, so if God's understanding is endless, and if he's creator of this world, why are you messing up the plan? Endless means he knows because he created us. But God, what's the plan? Well, here's the thing. I know what's best for you. And here's the thing. Because I know what's best for you, your parents, right, knew what's best for you. Watch this now. Can you imagine your little child coming up to you talking about, What's your plan? <laughs> well, my real parents at. They're gonna see the back end and the front hand at the same time. Like like Bruce Lee, real quick. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but but that's how we do God. Like, do he really know what's best for me? Like, like, what's up? Like, why you man, listen, whatever you allow. I accept because I know you know what's best for me better than me. Watch this. When you were a child, you didn't question what they put on the table. But they, watch this, your parents knew what was what? Best for you. Listen, but then you got older and you start getting, you start having choices. Oh, I don't eat vegetables. Oh, I don't, I don't eat meat. I'm a vegetarian for a week. Because <laughs> you saw somebody on TV. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Can I say this? God knows what's best for you. And the reason he knows was because his understanding is inscrutable. It's endless. There's a commercial I like by Ford. It says, built for the road ahead. Ford says that their cars are built for the road ahead. Ford believes that they have designed an automobile that can handle the road in any or whatever circumstance or situation or condition. Ford claims they have built a car that can handle it, the expected 
the unexpected, the planned, the unplanned, the wanted, the unwanted, the seen and the unseen. Ford says, bring it on. Making such a claim, Ford is saying that what we put into our cars, material, uh, aerodynamics, uh, configurations of the model, engineers that come in and say it can work under these kinds of pressure, Ford believes that no matter where their car is, dirt road, four-lane highway, it will be able to perform. Well, God is making the same claim about you. Amen. Each and every one of you that Ford made. He says, we were built for the road ahead. It ain't time for you to quit. We are uniquely created. We are uniquely shaped. We are designed to handle whatever, whatever life throws you. You are built for the road ahead. Give God a hand clap of praise.